Bam. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Wayfinder Podcast. Hello. Shadow. Happy Friday. Friday for us, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know when you guys are going to see this. Whatever day that you're uh, watching right now, hopefully it's a happy one. <laughs> Make it a good day, whatever day it is. Man. We, um, we've, we've been working on new content. We've got all kinds of, of cool shit going on. An interesting couple of months. Yeah, it really has. So thank you guys for hanging in there. They've really been waiting. Yeah. You know. It's unfortunate that we haven't been able to do more, but... We got good shit coming though. Can't drink from a well that's dry. That's it, you know. And uh, sometimes you got to stop chopping down the tree to sharpen the axe. Yep. You know, that's what I'm figuring out. Is we just we kind of keep evolving in this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we uh, started this like two years ago. It was like me and my like my study at home in front of the camera talking to my camera, which is an awkward thing to do. Yeah. Right. And you were kind of you 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 went on that journey initially yourself. <laughs> so I imagine that that first video is an interesting one i'm sure plenty of people that make content on youtube have been there but you were just at home and you were just like i'm gonna go do a monologue yeah you know yeah man it yeah it, it takes a lot of takes a lot of a lot of gumption to get to that point i where... appreciate your courage in that though, because <laughs> here we are now this is uh dude one of my yeah favorite things to do it, yeah you gotta you gotta you gotta kind of get a little bit self-inflated you know which it, it's hard whenever you're like you're going through this phase in life like I was where like you're trying to tear down your ego and suppress the ego and suppress that that self-inflation and and all that stuff and the, your self-inflated image yeah and you're and like then okay you put yourself on camera all right now yeah now I've got to now after doing all that I got to convince myself that people want to see me in, on a camera and listen to what the fuck I'm saying yeah it's not an easy uh, it's not an easy transition it's not an easy pivot to make mm-hmm. um, but we did it and then I did I don't know I did a few videos. And then we, um, and then I took a break for a few months and kind of again you reevaluate what you're doing and then came back and then we did the studio at the old house. Yeah. We actually set up a little studio uh, with the the best tripod ever. It was yeah. Yeah, super high tech tripod. State of the art stuff. State, <laughs> State of the art. Did a few videos, had a good time, um, and then did uh, and then did did some interviews there, some Skype interviews. That was a really cool period. That was really sort of a, a neat transitional period took a few months off reevaluated then we built this beautiful studio and now we've got she got like a legit awesome studio yeah did a few videos or a few podcasts earlier this year went out um traveled around did some podcasts on the road in california which and was fantastic fucking awesome mm-hmm. and then took a couple months off and now we're back better than ever and we have uh we have good solid ideas for producing like regular weekly if not a couple times a week mm-hmm. and getting content out um and that's going to be a it's going to be a whole new awesome phase. I think that I think that we have a model now that we can continue on with a lot more consistency. I agree, one hundred percent. And it's also a lot more variety. Yeah, it, it does. It's not we're not putting ourselves into any sort of box. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know we're going to talk about boxes today. Yeah. Um, and before I we do that, that, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Don't put yourself in a box. We're going to talk about that today. Uh, you know who I heard from? Dick Dick Con. Oh yeah. Yeah, Dick hit me up. You I, you had sent me a photo. He's got a. a Chapter two or book two? Yeah, book number two. So uh, for the audience, if you don't know, so Dick Kahn, uh, is, uh, he goes by DMT Researcher on Instagram, and he wrote a book called DMT, The Spirit Molecule, uh, D- DMT and My Occult Mind. That's what it was, DMT and My Occult Mind, Investigations of Occult Realities Using the Spirit Molecule. Mm-hmm. That's a long name and subtitle, but uh, it's a big, huge book. It was, I don't know, like 700 pages. It's fucking massive. It was a big tome, like a Bible. But it's uh, 600 trips 
Uh, he smoked DMT like 600 times in two years or something like that, three years. And, uh, oh, yeah, I can't even yeah. imagine. Can't even imagine. That's a lot. And uh, and he wrote a book about it. And these are really fascinating experiences. But, like, this is not a dude who is just sitting back, um, just, like, hitting the pipe, you know. Like, this is a guy who was going in there preparing himself and then and then recording everything he possibly could about the trip. And he really trained himself to hold on to as much of that information as he could. Yeah. Uh, and you can read about those trips and what he's learning from them coming from the mindset of a person who's done a lot of occult research and esoteric research, mapping out the other side. I think there's there's something to be said about going in already being really versed. Um, I can say from you know what little experience I have, not understanding certain symbolism, yeah. and then going into a place and seeing certain things. It didn't. It was so jarring. There's fucking you know? no context. Yeah, yeah you're just like, what <laughs> is? This? Oh my god! Let me go back. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of give into the awe of it. Yeah. Uh, so Dick wrote this book. Uh, it was great. We did a podcast together. I just, I love Dick to death. He's just a, he's just a great guy. Yeah. Very generous, loving, wonderful guy. And um, great conversation. Great, great, great conversation. Yeah, it was. A, it was a great conversation. So you guys can go check that out on YouTube. Which I guess by now, right now is probably a good time to go ahead and plug the YouTube and. Um, go to wayfinderpodcast.com. Yeah, because we got a website. Got, got a beautiful website um, that we got set up, and uh, you can support us on Patreon there. You can just go go to wayfinder.com, wayfinderpodcast.com. Yes, and uh, wayfinderpodcast.com. You can get get access to the YouTube, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play. I forget. We have every. I mean, I think every platform. I think everywhere we can get the the podcast up, we it's have there. it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as new ones come, we'll we'll add those on yep and that's your that but that's your portal to get to all of them yeah so one-stop shop yeah yeah that'll get you there and then you can also get access to the patreon so if you guys want to go um go donate to the patreon we definitely appreciate that yeah it's a very cool thing it lets us um set up more uh field trips to go do some uh interviews with people we like to do in-person interviews like we have this beautiful studio but the reality is we are in dallas we're in dallas man you know what i mean so center of the conscious community by any means yeah it's not so we find ourselves traveling a lot to go meet with people and so that gets expensive yeah gotta take the whole studio with us we got <laughs> flights rooms times you know it, it it is costly but it's worth it because we get to bring you know all this really great information and cool conversations to the forelight i mean the one with robert grant was just mind-blowing and fascinating so the yeah yeah he's like that that we can take we take them but it is it is self-funded so anything on the patreon is is just a blessing it is it really is um and we've got one coming up uh i'll talk to you about later but with uh this guy i can't i can't remember his last name but uh he's he's awesome i love him uh you know that that men's group sacred sons mm -hmm. they uh they do a lot of they do men's retreats these big convergences where they bring a lot of men together they do masculine alchemy and masculine healing and stuff like that you know and they just bring a bunch of men together for the course of a weekend or like three or four days or something. Yeah, that video you showed me from their website of just kind of a, a montage yeah, of yeah. the events and, and the interactions and stuff, it looks like a blast. Yeah, yeah. It's it's intense, you know. It's a lot of, there's they do combo ceremonies, you know, where they stick you with the frog venom and make you puke and diarrhea everywhere to cleanse out your body and reset your immune system and do wrestling matches, you know. But you shower after the combo ceremony before you start wrestling. Yeah. Mm. It's a different kind of mud wrestling. I'm not getting into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you went there. Um, so it's yeah, it's a really cool deal. So anyway, one of the guys that's, that's uh, involved with that, I've been speaking to him, Stefan. He's this, uh, this awesome Australian dude. He's he and his wife are love coaches, okay. and I've I've been checking out his videos on Instagram, and he's just such a fascinating guy, real well balanced guy, 
and I've uh, been talking to him, and uh, we're probably going to end up going to San Diego to uh, to interview him for the awesome. podcast. Awesome. Wonderful guy. He lives down in San Diego. We'll go hook up with Jim while we're down there. Okay. We'll see our buddy Jim, probably do a do a bullshit session with him for the podcast, too, because uh, why not? He's fascinating. He's fucking crazy. UK, former sniper in the, in the UK Army. I'm just a really interesting dude. Really interesting. Love Jim to death. Um, what else we got going on? We're going down to uh, Austin. October 28th to go meet with Aaron Alexander mm-hmm. of the Align podcast. Uh, just uh, coming out with a book right before Christmas called The Align Method. Mm-hmm. Aaron is a fascinating guy. He's a, a movement coach and a movement specialist and also just a really well-rounded dude. Love Aaron to death. You guys can go follow him uh, at the Align podcast or just Align podcast on Instagram. So we're going to do a podcast with him down in Austin. When he's in town from L.A. Mm-hmm. And we have Jeff Sullivan, the incredible uh, visionary artist, the painter uh, and friend of ours, good friend of ours. He's going to be in town um, when November 7th. Yeah, early November. Yeah, early November. So we have a lot of just kick-ass interviews and conversations coming up. And then, again, we'll be turning out these um, just me and JC or uh, me, JC, and, and some of our friends here talking about all kinds of conscious random shit. Yeah. Uh, met a new friend of uh, David Hulsey's last night who is going to be one of us. Oh, Just nice, an awesome nice. dude. Name is Ryan. He's, uh, he does jiu-jitsu with David and a uh, very conscious dude. Very cool, conscious guy. And I think he's going to swing by and we'll do some podcasts with him. Trend and no coincidence there, I'm sure, but people that are, are heavily into um, something like a martial art or whatever fi- find that they're aligned with stuff that we're aligned with you know even though it's yeah. so d- from a different place but there's something something um ancient to to martial arts and the discipline and everything and it ends up bleeding over into your to your life yeah and man it's it's just a fascinating practice that you know you start talking in what we consider you know, woke or you know, you throw the word woo woo or whatever yeah around, you know not everybody's gonna go. Oh wow, that's really interesting. Like, well, I've never heard that before, and it's jarring. But I find the I find these martial arts guys. And I was like, yeah, exactly. And then they have something to build onto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you really get into martial arts, you know, there's something to it. Um, there's it's a spiritual thing, you know. Mm-hmm. It's mental. It's spiritual. It's physical. And I think maybe, maybe that's what it is about martial arts at its core is that it's it's it really is the, the the, the conjunction of the of the development of the mind, body, and spirit. Mm-hmm. all at once you know uh, you have to think things through you have to you know connect your mind and your body with what you're doing and once you get really good at a martial art um i think it becomes a spiritual experience i'm not great at any martial arts by any means but i mean i know enough people who are sure that i think that that's that's something that i think i i see from that you know uh so yeah a lot of cool content coming up so make sure that you guys subscribe if you're catching this and you're not subscribed for any reason. Subscribe on your podcast platform of choice, whether it's YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, yeah. whatever. If you're it going is. for a run? Hit us up on Spotify. If you're driving down the road, you know, put it on. Put it on any of our audio forums. Yeah. And if you're sitting at your your desk and you're chilling, you want to watch us talk, then go to YouTube. Throw on the YouTube. It'll be good times. And then always find us. Uh, must be truth and the Wayfinder podcast on Instagram. So yep. We d- yeah. We finally changed the uh, the the Instagram to Wayfinder podcast. You guys probably used the shamanic philosophy that was like the original podcast name we finally got that changed mm-hmm. all the platforms now wayfinder podcast uniform. easy yeah yep uniform across all platforms love it <sighs> how's your week been it's been an interesting week you know um 
the normal grind, you know, yeah, nine yeah. to five and work, and Muggle world, and all that stuff. Yeah, but been uh, heavy into research. You know, us doing more frequent and shorter conversations gives me <coughs> all the motivation that I need to stay researching into. You keep your metal sharp. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and shoot, man, life's just been throwing it at me lately, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> I, I I had to had to find something, you know. You got so you got to dig, you got to look, you got to you know. I walk around with the tools that I possess to navigate this reality that I'm operating in. Yeah. But sometimes you need new ones, or you need to update or sharpen or clean, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I've I've been uh, listening to other conscious podcasts and finding different things on. I love love Instagram and the groups that we follow because you'll see one post and then if you take that next step to go, then into a web browser and start to research on it or go find some literature on it and always lead you down a rabbit hole of something that you can end up finding useful in your life. Yeah, we rabbit hole hard. I saw a, uh, did I tag you in that Hollow Earth video? Yeah, I did not watch it though. It's nine minutes long. Yeah. Man, I'm fascinated by Hollow Earth, you know? It's, it's interesting. It really is. There's, uh, you know, there's, I get that like, uh, you know, w most of us have a pretty concrete idea of what the Earth is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like just a big round rock with a molten core and it's like a, you know, it's a, just a big rock, but I've always thought it was fascinating that the, uh, you know, there's a lot of evidence to me that there, that the earth could be a lot spongier, you know, mm -hmm. there could be ecosystems inside of it. Very Jules Verne journey to the center, center of the earth kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I read that and that Im influenced me early on, but I think it's fascinating. Um, and maybe I can find that video and post it, put a link on this video or something like that. If you're into the hollow earth idea. Um, and speaking of rabbit holes, right? Because fuck it, we're into rabbit holes. We may as well throw out some rabbit hole info, some bait for people to follow down the rabbit hole. Look up Admiral Byrd, B-Y-R-D. Um, and he did an operation called, uh, or a mission called Operation High Jump. And they, uh, back in like the 30s, I think, or 1927, somewhere between the late 20s, early 40s, and they went down to Antarctica with like 4,000 troops and a bunch of stuff and, supposedly went inside a uh, an entry to the hollow earth at the South Pole. And this is an admiral, you know, in the U.S. Navy. He's a big deal. And then he went back and talked about this on TV, and you can still get the black and white recordings on YouTube of him talking about this land beyond the South Pole. Um, again, this is an admiral in the U.S. Navy, right? Yeah. This, and uh, you were in the military, so, like, the admiral's the highest rank in the Navy, isn't it? It's very, very high. It's yes. very it's very high up. I think there's layers and tiers, too, yeah, to admiral. But, but yeah, he's a very well-respected, yeah, very well highly trained, dude. Uh, uh, earned that role, you know, yeah. just get handed it. Right, right, right. Credible source. Yeah, credible source, I would think. And he talked about it on TV, and, you could, again, you can go see it on YouTube, and he had a whole diary about it, and he was like, look, man, there's land beyond the South Pole. And the story is that he went down there, and, um, you know, they were flying in this ice, uh, icy terrain and all of a sudden the icy terrain gave way to jungles and mammoths wandering around the jungles down there and then they were tractor beamed into the hollow earth and uh they were greeted by these beings and these beings oh this i think this was this is like 1947 because it was after the nuclear bombs went off because these beings pulled them in and these beings were like these tall slender beings um and they were like hey we're we're worried because you guys are setting off nuclear bombs now you bombed hiroshima and nagasaki we're afraid that you guys are going to fuck things up. We're trying to leave you alone, but like you're going to fuck yourselves up or the earth or both or whatever us, whatever. We're like, we need you to take this message back to your people and stop doing this, you know, um, which I, you know, the, the context that I kind of put that into was like, imagine that we knew about some tribe out in the Amazon and we didn't want to contact them. We wanted to leave them alone. 
Okay. Right, because scientifically we're, we, we, we feel like we're more advanced and they live in their little bubble and we want to let them do their thing because that's sort of like, that's the prime directive from Star Trek, right? Like don't interfere with people in their civilization. That's yeah. the prime directive. Don't get, don't get involved. Don't get involved. Leave them alone. Let life develop in its own way. Um, and so I think that that prime directive may be like a sort of a universal law that we certainly, tr I think we, the better parts of our scientific community try to honor that mm -hmm. and try to leave tribes alone out in the Amazon and let them do their thing. So it made sense to me that if there was an advanced race or species of humanoid on this planet, in this planet, that was aware of our existence, and they're like, oh, yeah, those savages, like, leave them alone, let them do their thing. And then all of a sudden, those savages develop nuclear weapons. They're like, ah, yeah, might want to do something. Might want to step yeah, in yeah. here, you know. And so, um, you know, we know that that Hitler was really involved in Antarctica. We know that. We know that there were German bases in Antarctica. We know that Hitler was a fanatic for the occult and for the esoteric. And he was always, you know, he was studying ancient magic and um, you know witchcraft and um, all kinds of ancient occult shit, right? Yeah. And so he was sending people to Antarctica. Nobody really knows why. You know, it's not super tactical down there. You know what I mean? It's really cold. You can't really, you know, as far as we know, there's not a lot that you can do with Antarctica. It's not going to gain you any traction in a war yeah, to be in Antarctica. It's so far out of the way of everything. And, like, it, all the countries it is, it's fairly close to in Antarctica. Like, they're not really big players. Like, all the big players are in the Northern Hemisphere for the most part. Mm -hmm. So, like, what was he doing and there? What was the reasoning? What was the reasoning? And, um... I'd yeah. want to see a penguin. Yeah. <laughs> Bring back the penguins. <laughs> Put lasers on the penguins. Well, I showed you the other day. It'll have to be its own thing. But Antarctica has always been fascinating. All of these things that are revolving around it. And somebody had put, and it's been around because the image I found is from like 2017. But if it's Antarctica at a certain angle from an aerial view and the human brain, stem and all. Yeah, yeah. So, like, we've a lot of people who are listening to this podcast, and maybe not everybody, certainly not everybody, but we've seen the picture of like Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel. Yes, exactly. And there's 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 Adam and it's not Adam and Eve, right? It's Adam and God. It's Adam and God. And they're reaching out, right? Mm -hmm. and, and they're touching. Very famous. They're reaching for each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people have seen that that painting on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel next to uh, uh, like a side view of the human brain, mm -hmm. and it, there's just there's zero fucking question. It's a brain. Zero. It's a brain. Michelangelo painted, painted a, uh, a hidden picture of a brain. Yes. 100% no question. Just so happens to have God in the center of that. God in the center of that and Adam meeting God. And it's it's clearly, you know how these esoteric, you know, Renaissance painters worked when you know what they were studying, when you know the knowledge that they carried around and how they encoded their paintings, Da Vinci and all the and Michelangelo, all the other Ninja Turtle painters. Yeah, none know. of their paintings are just really pretty pictures. None of them. No, there's a there's reason why they're the great painters they are. There's a reason why their paintings resonate with you. It's because there's hidden imagery in there yeah. that they they knew how to encode. And that's how art works. You know, um, Anytime you hear a great uh, song or you see a great painting or whatever, um, there is, there's symmetry built into it. And there's symbolism built into the paintings um, of the greatest painters that you can think of. Yeah. And so these guys were masters of, of, of hidden occult symbolism in their work. And this is what spawned the Renaissance and fueled the Renaissance. And so anyway, everyone's seen that picture of the Sistine Chapel next to the brain, or most people have. If you haven't, Google Sistine Chapel brain. Yeah, that'll, that'll get you. That, that'll you, get you. It'll be the first thing on Google Images. Yeah, that'll be it. Um, and so what you showed me last week was like uh, Antarctica. If you look at it from like dead on 
dead center of the map. Yeah, it's satellite image straight yeah. down onto it. Yeah, it's 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 kind of the same thing. It it's is very much brain. the same thing, and they have this new uh, thermal viewing, and and with um, the climate change and the changes that have happened up there, with that thermal viewing lit up, it looks like you know nerve endings and 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 everything that you have going on in your brain as far as the detail of how the brain is structured and looks physically yeah I mean, antarctica does as well and then to take it a step further somebody plotted out exactly where the most southern point is in now antarctica. this was fascinating to me and it lines up on the picture of the brain to exactly where your pineal gland is Damn. so south pole right where the pineal pole. gland is yep yeah exactly and i mean just you can google it look at it it's fascinating i don't know what 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 to unpack i mean as above so below you want to talk about macro and micro the human brain is the micro the earth is the macro antarctica could potentially be a source with all of the lore and stuff that comes from that place and as little as we know about it it's fascinating to sit there and maybe just this, kind of pull yeah. out theories in your your brain and start connecting things that you've heard and then you see this imagery and it's powerful it kind of goes oh my god <laughs> yeah you know sometimes you know again when you understand the principles of correspondence the the hermetic principles of correspondence which are the as above so below as within so without as with the micro so with the macro as with the universe so with the soul um, and that's just the principle of correspondence, mm -hmm. right? There's there's like seven hermetic principles that go beyond that, the principles of duality and the principle of gender and all this other stuff. Um, but the the as above, so below, and as within, so without thing, like sometimes you, you when you realize that uh, and you realize the connection between all these different things, it really helps you understand shit so much differently and so much better. But sometimes it's such a big scale, like, this one, like, I kind of know what the fuck to make of it. Yeah. Like Antarctica is the brain, pineal glands, the South Pole. The one thing that jumps to mind is, um, you know, if we were to entertain the Admiral Byrd story for a moment and think about those beings right inside that South Pole entrance, that would be the pineal gland, mm -hmm. right? So um, are, are, is that maybe the, the brain of the world, the pineal gland, is those beings, that civilization, and we are the outreaches. Maybe we're the arms of the world, the hands. Of, you know what I mean? Maybe mm -hmm. there's some. We are the appendages. We're, we're extensions. Extensions, or maybe extensions of the of the nervous system of the of the earth. Exactly. Something maybe like the that. universe is the is the, the, the body. Solar the solar system is the, system is the body. body. You know. Oh yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah, it, it, I think it's a good thing Who to to bring up and to make people aware, just because we're in an interesting time. We talk about yeah. this all the time, the developments that we're making and the, and the leaps and bounds that, that uh, uh, people that are walking around right now and operating in the space that they're operating in. Uh, it's really hard to deny that big changes are coming and revelations are coming in, into a lot of different things and probably not new, but lost information lost, that's, yeah, that's coming into light, you know, and there's just things to know because, you know, in five years, knowing this, something could happen and then all of a sudden you could make a correlation and be like oh right. my god that now that adds up not yeah, everything's yeah. supposed to line up and make sense right it can't all that. make sense at one time no i think we would, we would explode yeah you know what i mean yeah it's, we don't know it's too much information well and it, it leads me to where i've uh, been researching lately is is i had heard um duncan trussell he's kind of this new voice that I like to listen to is very fascinating stand-up comedian, uh, but he's very well researched and read, and I love the way he articulates things. But he was mentioning something in a podcast, and it just stuck to me um, to where like uh, a 3D cube, uh, you know, three-dimensional cube will unfold, and if you unfold it, if you've ever seen one unfolded, it's a cross. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's three across, 
four down yeah and that folds up into makes this three-dimensional cube and uh, coming up with content and thinking of ideas and concepts i just googled um cube unfolding into cross to get an image to right. kind of to to put this theory out there and make this post because you know uh, i had a post that's wildly popular in the past couple of days where it's a fish in a fishbowl in the middle of the ocean right and then there's a fish in the ocean and the fishbowl is you know labeled religion and then the ocean and the other fish is spirituality right and so there was a correlation there that i'd like to make because um i'm spiritual but i don't uh, partake to a specific religion yeah. I am fascinated by all of them and I, yeah, yeah. I get nice breadcrumbs from each one but there are people that are devout into one right you know religion and I feel like they're boxing themselves off from other things that could they're be in the fishbowl they're in the fishbowl they're in the, the cube right yep. the cube unfolds to the cross and so I was trying to make that correlation and I learned about uh, cube consciousness which was this fascinating concept of us operating in our 3d world you know we're in a 3d world you yep. know and and our um five senses are computing into our brain that is now making the image that this is a table and you are you and mm -hmm. this is this shape and it feels this way and uh, through certain practices and exercises and the stuff that we like to do already in our lives you start to you know break out of that 3d cube consciousness it's almost like um, it's been created and formed as a, as a trap to keep you right. resonating at a certain level and this is your reality and you're happy and comfortable with it and and a lot of that cube consciousness and the concept behind it is is you know created and driven by fear mongering and, and yeah, doubt yeah. and all of these negative things. And so when you start to look into like the Kundalini practices and you start to unlock what they you know refer to as atrophy DNA, mm -hmm. you know this this ancient wisdom that we have in our DNA that hasn't been you know it's used gone dormant in so long and it's dormant. So you start to if do you don't use it, you lose it. You start to research and you start to open up that cube a little bit. You start to to unfold it and you get out of that 3d consciousness you know and you can start operating in what we like to refer to as 5d mm -hmm. which ultimately gives you a different way of thinking uh, processing information honestly viewing things you know um, you meet a polymath sometimes they don't see color they see numbers you know <laughs> <laughs> different ways of viewing the world and it's not um impossible for anybody it's just it's about practicing and, and the, the cube and the cross reference point led me down this path of knowledge that led me to the kundalini which led me to the akashic field yeah, yeah. all of this stuff is is connected and related yeah and um you know it's one of those things and that's what the research is great for is is you have this idea like i just had an idea of a concept of something you know i'm just like this will get people thinking or whatever and then it it just opened up this whole world of oh wow there's something to this kundalini meditation and yoga more than gets me feeling good it gets my energy calm no it actually is doing more for my perception of my reality yeah yeah you know i think that's the thing that like a lot of people don't realize and i didn't realize until i had a, a kundalini awakening a couple years ago and was uh that it doesn't it's not just a matter of like yoga makes you feel good it makes you more flexible gives you more even even more energy which those are all amazing things it, it does that like, yeah. yeah those are fucking awesome that's enough reason to do yoga you know right there mm -hmm. but it's it's it, like really really like uh, you know awakening your kundalini and activating it and keeping that energy that energy flow active um it really does uh, especially when used in conjunction with meditation and then in conjunction with um practicing the quadrivium you know which is something we talked about with robert mm -hmm. um which is the study of of math art music and astronomy or astrology um that's the quadrivium um but the kundalini 
gives you access to a whole different way of walking around every day. Mm-hmm. Like just to maybe just kind of paint a picture of what what it is like, but it's almost like imagine walking around every day and seeing just a broader spectrum of color, right? Just to give you an example, hearing a broader spectrum of sound and then maybe even being able to see sounds as sort of ripples in the air, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe a bird chirping, a high-pitched sound is a you know, is a, um, a a yellow ripple moving through the air. And then a low-pitched car comes by as a red, you know, ripple that moves through the air. Um, that is, is the kind of multidimensional, five-dimensional, synesthetic kind of worldview or, or, or life experience that you can get from, um, from activating your kundalini and activating these other senses and getting different parts of your brain centers to work together. Well, just in the few days of, of having that information in my process of my quiet meditation and, and um, thinking deeply on that as I drift into the thoughtlessness that I'm trying to achieve in yeah. those moments, um, what, what I've noticed is, is my sense of self being taken out of, say I'm walking down the street and seeing things happening around me or to me or in front of me. Now it's just things happening. You know, and that's just a different shift in thought. Oh, this is all just happening. I'm happening as this is happening. This isn't happening around or because I'm here or anything in relation to what I'm doing. And once you start to take out that sense of self into your thought process of just mundane things, I find myself getting a little less frustrated when something that is inconvenient or stressful happens or whatever. Instead of, why is this happening to me? Why? What? you know, I, I don't need this right now. Yeah. I, I try. It's, it's slowly, I've, I've become more conscious in my thought as to take out, this is happening around me. This is happening and I'm happening. They're both happening at the same right. time, but there's no correlation to these things. <laughs> it just so happens that we're both happening. Yeah. We're both happening at the same time, yeah. same place. And, and it, 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 it takes away a lot of that personalization of challenge. Oh like, yeah. And frustration yeah. That comes with that because you want to make everything so personal or, or karmatic in the sense, what did I do? Why you know, me? You can get caught in that. I know I do. And I have caught myself in that, you know, it's like, what am I doing to deserve this? You know, and that's such a terrible way to think because you're not really doing anything to deserve anything. You're just doing, mm-hmm. and things are just doing. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a weird, hard to describe thing, but it's helped me tremendously as to just kind of take myself in my my individual tunnel of reality out of everything else that's happening or somebody else's that happens to be correlated into my life and how that affects me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's not because of me, and it's not to me. Yeah, it's just there. Yeah, yeah. And then, then you take all of that shit away and you can start to really process what's happening around you better. You can handle a situation a little bit more um, appropriately, calmly, without getting yourself all bent up out of shape, you know, which not everybody has that problem. I do. Yeah, yeah. And that's definitely one of the things that I've found um, you know, through just trying to think about my cube and my worldview when I'm going into that meditation space and where am I restricting myself and, and what am I bringing to the table that's that. It's me. Let, let me throw something at you because this is something I mentioned to uh, that guy Ryan that I met last night in jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. And um, just fucking love this dude. And uh, he brought this thing up. He, he and his buddy had taken a bunch of mushrooms a while back, and they were operating in this really interesting mind space, as you do when you're coming out of mushrooms. And they were theorizing about the world together, you know. Oh, yeah. And uh, love that spot, right? And um, he said, you know, I realized that we were born and then 
from the day we're born, we're born free with infinite potentiality as a tiny baby who has no awareness of that potentiality, right? You don't seem to have much self-awareness. But then you're born uh, in America, in Texas, whatever, and so immediately there's a boundary there that, that's put down. There's mm-hmm. a limitation of some kind. There's, there's labels and limitations that come there. You're born into this certain family, right? And then you go to a certain elementary school, more boundaries, more labels, right? Then you make certain grades in school, more boundaries, more labels. A lot of that of what you're putting on yourself, right? Yeah. Of course, he explained this better than I did because it was his idea. But um, the point the point he was making is that you're constantly going through life just imposing more and more boundaries on yourself, you know, mentally. And you're conditioned to do so. You're conditioned to, right? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fact that a human is born with no fears. And the first two fears they've identified as a human being, as a baby, first fear, loud noise. Mm. Scares the crap out of you as a baby. Makes you cry. Mm. Dog starts barking. All yeah. of a sudden, I'm scared. Oh, loud noises. They right. scare me. That's the first fear that we're instilled with. Second fear, you start to sit up, right? You're starting to, to fall. In falling. Yeah, so yeah. So that's your second fear. Those are instinctually ingrained right off the bat mm. because that's for survival. That's, yeah. You know, we wouldn't. If it's evolutionary. It's evolutionary, right? Most fears that you carry around with you as an adult now are all shit you brought to the table. Yeah, you, yeah. you put that on you just like these boundaries. You know, yeah. you, 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 you made that concept in your brain. And mm-hmm. you, you know, it doesn't help when culture and society and things like that start to you know, push that message a little bit further, you know, and, and that's where you learn that stuff from. But you bring it to the table. I mean, yeah. You've created it for yourself. You create that prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. There's, uh, so I think, some Egyptian proverb or something like that that says something about, you know, we, we... We don't create abundance. We we create limitations, or like we don't create abundance. We're born with abundance. What we do is we create limitations. Yes. You know, and that's so true. You know, and it's like once you can get to a real understanding and understanding of 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 that reality, once you can work in that mind space and operate from that place, to realize that all these limitations, like you know, imagine imagine that you're not doing what you love for a living right now, or 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 that you're not at least making a hobby out of something that you're passionate about right now. There's obviously reasons why you're not doing that, right? 99% of those reasons are bullshit. Oh yeah. 99% of those reasons. There's are a thousand bullshit. reasons why you can't do something. Yeah. 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 That's, that's kind of what we do. We got, a, we got a problem for every solution. Yes. So what's fascinating to me about this whole cube consciousness thing that you're bringing up is that I've never heard this before. Right. I mean, I knew that there, you know, you take a, take a cube, you unfold it and there's a cross, but I think I stopped at that point, you know, like mm-hmm. you started researching it and wanting to find out more of what it meant. Um, but what's really fascinating to me is uh, the concept or the um, the existence of cube worship, which is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you're aware of that. No. But um, I'm not versed in it. Yeah. So satanic cube worship is a thing. It's actually a thing. So. Um, sort of the i think i think it's like an orthodox jewish uh thing it's an ancient orthodox jewish thing and these rabbis you can see pictures if you do, just google cube worship you guys can see this um but there's like rabbis and they have these cubes on their forehead they like it's like a hat like a yarmulke but with a with a cube on the front of it and um and they uh they they, they worship the cube um there's a lot of cube symbolism in uh in a lot of these big corporations they mm-hmm. use cube symbolism and um there's the big black cube in mecca 
that the uh, the Muslims all walk around and they circumambulate the big the yeah. big black cube in the middle of Mecca. And if you look at the North Pole of Saturn, there's a hexagon. There's a giant hexagonal thing. It's like 25 Earths across. It's so big. But the North Pole of Saturn has a big hexagon at the top of it. And if you take a hexagon and then just you draw it flat on a piece of paper and then you like superimpose a cube or you take a three-dimensional cube and insert it into that hexagon, you'll find that a cube represented in two dimensions when you turn it sideways is, is a hexagon. Okay. So um, there is, uh, of course, Saturn. The reason why that's relevant um, is Saturn is, uh, mythologically speaking, Saturn is associated with Satan, Saturn, Satan, Set, Seth. They're all Cronus. They're all the evil, um, the, the most evil of the characters in whatever mythology you're getting into. Saturn is also associated with our root chakra, which is, again, our lower self where our crown chakra is associated with the sun, which yeah. is our higher self, which is Jesus is the son of God, the Christ consciousness. That's all associated with the crown chakra. So Saturn uh, and cube worship are, 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 are deeply intertwined. Well, so, it makes sense in my research that the cube consciousness is not a good consciousness. Yeah. You know, it's, it, is a, it is essentially a, a trap. Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. It's a tool being used by um, either yourself, but at this point, if you do enough research into it, it's... it's Fear and anger and things like that. So that, that kind of those thought processes that fuel you into said box. So there, are, there, there, there's a certain group of people that um, that owns essentially every media corporation in the world, right? Just called a certain group of people. Mm -hmm. And um, these guys, th there's also the same people of the same group that own all the big, the central banks of of the world, right? It's, a, it's actually a family and a very small group of people that control the cash flow you know of the entire planet and they control the media of the entire planet except for maybe china and north korea right all the media all the all the cash flow of planet earth these are the same types of people that you know have sort of satanic rituals and stuff and that what and what does the media do the media spreads fear and discord and division and it also wants to box you into a a paradigm now yeah. to keep you you know from from breaking out of that fishbowl and getting into the ocean. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I think great that, that. It's a great yeah, tool for that. That's what they do the best. It's the fear box, right? And right after this, is there a murderer in your house right now? <laughs> Stay tuned at five. Stay tuned to find out. We were talking about that the other day, like, you know, how many good deeds go unreported every single day in Dallas, in LA, in, in San Diego, in Seattle, in New York. You know, you, you see three or four murders, uh, maybe one murder in Dallas. Right, and it, it makes just endless headlines, mm -hmm. and then you see like three or four murders from other places in the country, all advertised on or broadcast on our news here in Dallas, and um, it's like they're they're reaching into other cities for drama and for fear and for stories that make people afraid to be alive or go outside their doors, but like not one story about the ten thousand people that did something awesome today. Or how many people save someone's life it's today? Not entertaining. It's just not entertaining, and it's, it doesn't serve the purpose. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't keep that cube consciousness going. No. You know, if everybody's not afraid to go outside, then they're not operating in that cube, and that cube is uh, that's how they control us, and that's how they, they keep us working the nine to fives, and and uh, keep us fighting amongst each other. As long as we're we're fighting amongst each other, we're um we're we're, we're not trying to break out of that fishbowl and, and create a better world. Yeah. Where, if you if you assign to, um, we are vibrating. 
you know, at all yeah. times, everything. We are vibration in that we control a small torus field around us. That's yeah. that's we're projecting that sure. out. That's what the cube is containing. And so the more that you can start to break this away, the larger your torus field is, the more that you have um, access to a Love different that. way of thinking about things and you can connect with other people easily on their level. Um, it, it, but if we're all walking around in these little cubes kind of trapped inside of this, you know, thing that is keeping us from really unlocking our true potential. I mean, you ever communicated with somebody without communicating with them? Mm. Usually it's somebody, you know, that you know really, really well, and you can kind of look across the room and with a head gesture or even just a look, a glance, like they, you know they know exactly what you're thinking. That's because you and that person are aligned. You know, you're vibrating, you have a bond, you have a connection. Imagine if everybody didn't have this cube and we all had this strong torus field being fed by the sun we're vibrating at a higher frequency than we are now communication could be a completely different thing yeah i mean it, we we just have a better understanding of everybody it would oh, it's, be built it's in. that universal language right mm -hmm. the universal language of the heart so greg braden has done a lot of, you know a lot of um work on this and talks a lot about this you guys look up greg braden i highly recommend it um joe dispenza dr joe dispenza talks a lot about this but it's the language of the heart and there's a uh, there's a a, um, a group an organization called the uh, institute of heart math i think is what it's called they've done great work you can look them up but it, you're right this this torus field this magnetic this electromagnetic field that that the heart outputs um it it uh what i'm i'm picturing in my head as you're talking about this i didn't think about it till you said it but the torus field is like an apple right it's it's kind of what what a torus field looks like yeah. it's an energetic flow that looks like an apple has you know the the top dips in the bottom dips in the energy flows in this sort of donut shape right yes. which uh also happens to be what i think the earth is right i think that the earth is a torus field i don't think it's a globe i think it's a torus field of energy of different vibrational states of energy which is why the another reason why the hollow earth thing makes sense to me because you have a dip in the top of the apple a dip in the bottom and the energy just flows in and out like that Anyway, um, a torus field has uh, has feminine lines, curved lines, right? Female energy or feminine energy is curved. Male left brain energy is straight lines, right? So if you were to take an apple and turn it into a cube, right? Slice off the, the top, the bottom, the sides. You're, you're losing those curves. You're losing the feminine aspects of that apple mm -hmm. and turning it into a left brain box right cutting out the curves and we talk about this a lot on the podcast too like that's sort of the world that we're living in go look at a classroom that the kids are learning in absolutely and it's a big box with square floor tiles square desks square whiteboards square tablets square computers square ceiling tiles every square doorways square windows square posters on the walls i go to my kids school and i feel like they've taken my apple and they've chopped the sides and the bottoms and the top off and it's oppressive. Yeah. It is spiritually fucking oppressive. It feels of an institution. It's an know? institution. It's a prison. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's just a box with boxes. And um, I just think it's just such a fucking fascinating thing that you bring the cube consciousness thing in. Because I, I, ne I never heard it before. Mm -hmm. But it just jives with everything that I've thought yeah, about the way that consciousness works, the way that energy works, and the way the, the media is perpetuating this cube consciousness model. Yeah. And it's a 3D model. You know, it's right. very simple. We can comprehend it with our five senses. Up, down, left, right. Yeah. Got it. So that we know that. Okay, that works. This is safe. This is my box. I can operate within this box. You know, when you start to 
expand your thought processes and you do research and you you study into the kundalini and, and different ways of thinking and and the concept of consciousness in itself you start to break out of that into you know moving towards like more of a 5d type sensory um and and way of operating but that's where all of a sudden you're not falling in line societal wise that's where all of a sudden you're beaten to your own drum and a lot of people that have ever gone through a spiritual awakening maybe you had like a nine to five business job and then you, you all of a sudden you went off the deep end to your colleagues because you had a spiritual awakening and you started talking <laughs> about you know consciousness you started changing the way you think about things and you don't you know subscribe to the same beats that everybody else is to you normally kind of shunned and cast yeah, aside yeah. you know so it's it's a really interesting technique that that we're all operating in until we start to break out of that 3d you know? so you, you've brought up the kundalini a couple of times and we've talked about that before um and i guess that probably most of the people listening to this know what the kundalini is or have heard the term yeah 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 so the kundalini for anybody who doesn't know what time we got uh 10:45. 10:45. we got about another 10 minutes or yeah. so we can do this and then we have to get back to the muggle job but yeah. we want to put out this kind of content for you guys like as regularly as possible. Do a couple of these a week. It's fun. Yeah, it's a blast. You know what I mean? And I we, enjoy it. And we get to share research, <laughs> which is nice. Um, so the Kundalini is um, is something that is uh, it's it's in our nature as human beings. If you think of your spine as um, sort of a shaft that you know goes from your pelvis up to your um, to your cranium up to your brainstem, right? Carries this is the nervous the central nervous shaft of your body with 33 vertebrae, by the way. Um, interesting that Christ was 33 when he died. There's some esoteric symbolism there that we're not going to get into at the mm -hmm. moment, mainly because I need to brush up on it. I don't remember exactly all of the symbolism that's represented in, the, in that story. Yeah. But there's a reason why Christ was 33. Um, and there's 33 vertebrae. There's 33 degrees in Freemasonry. There's 33, 33 has a lot of different, you okay. know, esoteric uh, values and stuff. But anyway... The Kundalini uh, is a um, uh, it's an energy an energy stream that flows up your spine from your pelvis to your uh, brain and then out the top of your crown chakra, and it's uh, it is represented in, in Chinese um, uh, in ancient Chinese symbolism by the dragons, which is where dragons come from is the the Kundalini itself. And it's these. It's a male and female energy. There's two serpents that start at your root chakra, uh, and then they 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 swirl around your spine, and they come out the top of your crown chakra like a roaring dragon. And if you've ever had a Kundalini awakening or a, a Kundalini activation, um, then you know what that that feeling is like and that sensation is like. And it's not just a physical feeling. It's a, it's in your spirit. It's in your soul. It's just something. It's like taking a mushroom trip. It's something that takes over your perception. Um, everything goes away, and uh, you you become aware of this energy that literally um, you feel this dragon coming up around your spine. It's a it's a very serpentine feeling, and then out the top is it it's a it's like a roaring head of a lion. You know this energy bursts through your crown chakra like the head of a dragon. And when the first time I had it happen, I thought, man, this is a it's like a snake with a lion head. And then I just went, oh, my God, that's a dragon. It's a dragon. That's a dragon. Yep. And if you look at, like, uh, any Chinese dragon you've ever seen, um, that's what it looks like. You know, the big – I always wonder why the head was so big and exaggerated, and they had um, all these plumes coming off of it and all this kind of stuff. And then you go down to the Mayans, 
who we're told had no contact with the Chinese. And you look at like the pyramid of Quetzalcoatl, um, of uh, I think Teotihuacan, and uh, they have the pyramid of the feathered serpent, which is what Quetzalcoatl was called, their god. And it's it's a it's a fucking Chinese dragon, yeah, in Central America, and it's a big dragon with a big plumed head, and the snake is coming down the the steps of this huge pyramid, and he's got a big plumed head at the end. It's a Chinese dragon, exactly, what, exactly that is. what it is, and it's because these people were tapping into the Kundalini, and if you took people that were 5,000 years apart, 5,000 miles apart, doesn't matter if they've had Kundalini awakenings, you're going to represent a Kundalini in your art in your drawings, your statues, it's going to be very similar. Mm -hmm. I promise you, it's going to be a serpentine body and a big roaring animal like head. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very animalian animalistic. At its know. core, it's going to be the exact same thing. Maybe with your artistic license well, put on it, yeah, but, but gonna, it is you, what it is. It is what it is. You know, you take a hundred people from different cultures that have a Kundalini experience and they're going to represent it in recognizably similar ways. Um, and so the Kundalini is a very, very powerful, uh, energy that we have innate in us. And um, I think that it's also the serpent in the garden that brought Adam and Eve the apple of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. I think that the apple being that Taurus field shape, again, I think that that's, you know, that's relevant too. Um, some people think that it wasn't an apple. The language just said fruit or food. Um, and some people think it was a mushroom. You know, Terrence McKenna and Food of the Gods. Food of the Gods is a book that he wrote and he kind of discusses that too. So I don't know about that, but but the serpent in the garden, I'm I'm fairly certain, is is representative of the Kundalini. Really, I think so. Um, a lot of people think so. Um, but th- and that also comes from a lot of the stories around the world where they have an Adam and Eve story or a Garden of Eden story, mm-hmm. um, including the Mayans in the Popol Vuh. They have a very similar creation story about a serpent, and they always revered the serpents. The Mayans revered the serpents tremendously. Um, you know, we've traveled a lot to native sites all over the country and everywhere we go and we talk with the elders and even you know just with the experts on site um most of the native people are especially around the southwest but well really all over the country um they revered serpents serpents were extremely important to them and they were they were part of their religious ceremonies Mm -hmm. and most of the experts now don't know enough about the religious ceremonies to know what part the serpents played in their religious ceremonies but i'm pretty sure i know it's funny that that uh, all of these um you know, more ancient cultures and, and um, things they revered serpents. And one of the most mainstream forms of religion we have now kind of associates the serpent with the devil. It's bad. Right. It's, ooh, they're, they're bad. Right. Yeah, we live, in, creature. we live in fucking religious backwards land. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's it really crazy. is. But, but the reason why this is all relevant, why it all ties into this cube consciousness is, A, I think the cube consciousness thing is, is associated with the Abrahamic religions. I think it's associated with Saturn, Satan, the cube, the hexagon of the North Pole of Saturn. They're all associated with each other. Mm-hmm. And it's that cube that's being built by those, by the banks and by the media that are boxing us into this three-dimensional state of consciousness. And the reason why they've demonized the serpent is because the Kundalini serpent is the single most powerful uh, thing that we have to, as humans, to discover ourselves and to understand the five-dimensional plus yeah. nature of reality. Break out of that cube. I mean, yep. That's what the kundalini practice will do. Is is uh, when I love the best way of, that I've heard it put is to uh, to awaken atrophied DNA. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I love that term, atrophied DNA, because there's just so much going on in our DNA that we're yeah. just not accessing it. 
percentage of it. We're not even sure what we call it junk DNA. Well, yeah, the 98% of our DNA is supposed to be junk. Junk, which is yeah. fucking crazy. I don't buy that. in like high school when I heard that the first time, and even as a 15-year-old kid, I was like, that's fucking bananas. So we're just going to be like, no? We don't know what it is, we therefore don't. it's junk. Yeah, okay, okay. Crazy. Yeah, crazy. No. So that's another thing. There's just too many factors that bleed into it, and it, yeah. it, it, it motivated me. This knowledge that we're discussing in this podcast motivated me to actually put my best foot forward with my meditation practice, mm-hmm. with, with keeping my body stretched. I, I haven't done full-blown kundalini yoga, um, the Raja, I don't, I don't know how to say that specific version yeah, yeah. of it, that where it originated from. But um, yeah, just just keeping that in mind that there's more to it than just, oh, I feel limber, I feel good. No, this is actually going to help me in my journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it was the motivation I needed. It was a missing piece good. for my for my psyche to, to take it to the next level and, and more seriously to yeah yeah become a commonplace practice in my life well that's awesome because it really does i mean the you know meditation is a huge thing and i always recommend it to anybody and you know um, and anybody can do it anybody can do it even if you think you can't you know you're going to suck at it first but i mean anything worth doing you're going to suck at it first yeah right if it was that easy everybody would do it yeah um but it's it's super important just to clear your mind and kind of take stock of your thoughts and to be able to separate yourself from your thoughts. Yeah, you are not your thoughts. Yeah, you yeah. might not get to a place of thoughtlessness. You might not empty your brain because there's something that you can't shake. But then in itself, you've identified one of your biggest factors yeah. that you need to deal with in that. Time. You know, you might not get to this peaceful place because this one thing is bothering yeah. you, right? Fuck, you, Do might it the next go, day. you might want to go. You uh, might want to go work on that one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For <laughs> you sure. Might address go that. Address you know? that thing, and then do it again the next day. Yep. And just make it make it a consistent practice. Um, and, and it'll you'll get better at it. You know, and you can start at five minutes of meditation. Mm-hmm. It'll change your life. You can just do five minutes a day. And you'll find yourself wanting to do more. Then you'll find yourself making time to do more. Then you're like, I, I just I really want to push this to thirty minutes a day. And all of a sudden, you're fucking Deepak Chopra. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it'll happen. And, and don't don't tell yourself because I don't have a, a cool pillow or some incense or a place to do it or whatever. You can do it anywhere. Yeah, totally. If you can just be quiet and still, yeah, you can do it anywhere. Well, and like anything else, you'll find it's kind of like if you're, you know, if you want to be a race car driver or whatever, you know, you can start with a go-kart. And then once you get good enough at it, you're going to start saving up to soup up that go-kart. And then you're going to start winning races. And then you're going to like, oh, I'm going to save up and get a get a little rally car. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to. It's 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 a it's a it's a back and forth relationship with your performance and the re- reward that you get from it and then the desire and drive you have to do it and to do it better and to create that environment. Start with start with whatever you got, whatever situation you have, whatever environment you can create for yourself. If it's just sitting in a dark closet, which is how I started doing it, and you know for a long time, yeah, and got really far. Then it was like, ooh, I'm gonna get a meditation cushion. <laughs> you know, it's like 20 bucks on Amazon. We get a meditation cushion because it's nice. And that helped. Yeah. I'm going to get an incense. It's like six bucks. And I'm going to do that. And if you just don't operate in that space, let me recommend one thing that is is highly useful. And I never thought of it as meditation until later in my life, but it's called the three pages. And uh, you just take three pages of paper and a pen or a pencil, and you just you just write your, your inner thoughts. Mm-hmm. Words. Oh, I don't want to do this. And you just fill front to back three pages or just the front but you just sit down and you just write you know whatever is coming out of your 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 brain at the time your inner monologue that's so big you you put it down you just start putting it down and then you start to quiet it or, or you start to see a pattern of things and by the end of those three pages 
you've gotten all of the junk out. You've that inner voice that's telling you you wake up and it's telling you don't be late, you know, and all these, uh, that inner monologue that we carry that sometimes isn't our best friend. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not always waking up in the morning on a Wednesday to go to work with the most positive inner thought monologue, right? Yeah. And this is a way to quiet it. That's what meditation does for me. And that's what those three pages were designed to do. It's something that you would learn if you went like to a, a counselor or something. That's it's an exercise. But it is meditation. Yeah. But maybe for a more left brain person who can't sit still for 20 minutes, you can sit down and write for 20 minutes. Yeah. It'll feed into that same factor. It'll do the same thing for you. 100%. So if we were to just narrow all this stuff down, lesson for today. Meditation is super cool. It's super beneficial. It'll really help you out. It could change your life. Absolutely. Don't get discouraged if you don't kick ass at it right off the bat. Nobody does. Don't worry if you don't have a fancy cushion and candles and a Buddha statue and a singing bowl. None of that shit is necessary. It's not critical. It's not necessary. Um, Just sit down, dedicate yourself to it like anything else. Understand that the journey is the goal. Learning to meditate is one of the most important things you can do. Um, It's not just meditation. It's not like just successful, um, uh, uh, super effective meditation is good for you. It's learning the, the journey, the process of learning to meditate and the, the process of dedicating time every day is just as important as your eventual goal of being a good meditator. Yeah. So the journey is the goal. We say it all the time in my house. We say it all the time on this podcast. The journey is the fucking goal. Dedicate time. That is the point every single day to that, to that process. If you miss a day, don't beat yourself up, but do self-reflect and go, ah, I missed a day. I'll do, I'll do it better today. Mm-hmm. Right. Dedicate yourself to it. It will improve. Um, also look into the kundalini and understand what that is um it's a very fascinating deep thing um and what i I left out earlier is that kundalini is sexual energy Mm -hmm. um that's one of the most key things to understand about kundalini um it's another thing about our society is that we sit down a lot we get a lot of root chakra blockages and um and that damages the kundalini's um flow you know the the spine i've got back problems right i've got i've got kundalini problems like i can't activate my kundalini without a ton of effort it like takes days or weeks for me to work out my back problems to get that kundalini flowing and that's from sitting at a desk for 10 plus years Mm -hmm. right so for the last nine months of this year i've been working on that and getting that worked out more um but we we we, again be, be mindful of your lifestyle be mindful of how much you sit be mindful of how much you stretch um dance salsa dancing you know merengue dancing whatever your your hips your lower spine that whole area um, we, we really do. We are in a kind of culture, a society where um, it's designed again. I think to keep us sitting, to cause those root chakra blockages, to keep our kundalini shut down. Mm-hmm. Be mindful of all that stuff because the kundalini energy is um, to control that is to control our sexuality, our, our sexual energy, and that is the single most important, and most powerful energy that human beings have besides the love that we produce in our heart. So be aware of all that stuff. Meditation, kundalini cube consciousness you got anything else man uh if you just want a quick overview of of some of the stuff we talked about is a really good just two-page blurb easy read just go uh to google and type in cube consciousness and the kundalini people um it's anonymously written i'd love Mm. to give credit to whoever but it's just a post on there and it's beautiful and it's a great introduction to all that um yeah and just break out of your cube get out the cube get out the box you are not just a drop of the ocean you are uh, wait you're the ocean in a single drop nice yeah it's a fractal thing (laughs) i don't know who said that 
All right, man. Well, we appreciate you guys. Um, yes, thank you so much. Like, share, subscribe these videos. If they do anything for you, we appreciate hearing whenever you, um, whenever they they land. Whenever these videos land and they actually do you some good, we, yeah. we'd love to hear about it. So you can send us a message. Instagram is probably the easiest way to yeah, reach, reach us. out to us. Yeah, yeah. Wayfinder Podcast on Instagram and everywhere else. Just go to wayfinderpodcast.com. You can find us there. Um, and that's pretty much it. We're going to have more of these videos coming out for you. If you enjoyed this, you're going to love. They're just going to get better and better and better and more and more consistent. We'll release them on consistent days. Platforms are always getting better. If you guys have been following for a while, you know that. It's an evolution. It's an evolution. Go look at our first video and then our fifth video, and this is like number 28 or something like that, um, and they're just going to get better and better and better. So uh, we love you guys very much. We do this because we do, and uh, also please please um, consider supporting us on Patreon too because we, uh, we appreciate that. That will just help us create more badass content for Absolutely. you guys. Absolutely. And uh, that's all we got for today. Like, share, subscribe. May the light be upon you. May peace be within you. May you be a son on the paths of all men. If I was a warrior, what would be my weapon? Forgiveness, laughter, sound. My richest sky and ground. Like the smell of pine in forests that drip divine. Darkness sublime in a blue sky mine. Stainless. Turn the pages of a story of circles Where I am that I am Where all paths join hands in the lands I remember Where I am returned to my sender Fully surrounded, I surrender